want to talk to you today about the effects of righteousness. The effects of righteousness. You and I have been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. And actually, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 17, and we're going to just kind of launch off here. But this is a very serious subject. When Satan came against Jesus in the, in, uh, the wilderness to tempt him, he came in his thoughts. He came at him he knew, like, as an example, after you fast for 40 days, starvation sets in. So what is the first temptation he's coming at him about making stones bread so that he can eat? Have you ever been really hungry? Man, a smell or a commercial, just any, I mean, it really, it really, you know, a lot of times whenever I fasted, I've never fasted more than three days. Well, that's like so brutal because those first three days, your, your body kind of screams at you, you know? And uh, after three days, what happens, what I've been told is that hunger kind of goes away. And uh, it's funny for me, you know, I've never, I've never had to fast for longer than three days because I always get the answer. Usually it's just I got to shut my body up and shut everything up so I could hear from God and then I... And then I realize, oh, wait, I've always really known what I'm supposed to do. This is more of a matter. I just didn't want to do it, right? But the enemy comes at you, and when the enemy came at Jesus, what did he say? First thing he said to him, if you be the Son of God. He came at his identity. Well, at the foundation of all of our identity, we have to go back to the very beginning for us. And this is the very beginning, so let's read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Now we know from the book of Romans that the definition of being in Christ is the Holy Spirit dwells in you. So you're born again, right? You've asked Jesus to come into your heart because you've bowed to his lordship and now he's your lord. Well, what happens now, this, this is explaining exactly what's happening. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, notice that Paul defined a Christian as in Christ, right? It says this person, he is a new creature, and this word creature in the Greek language literally means a new creation. It literally means an original form. The reason why it uses the term original form is because there will never ever be, time out, wait, time out, we need a break real quick. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Wow. Now notice... I'm being really respectful. Man, do I want to just hold this little baby, but I'm not. So, and I would ask all of you to do the same thing. I know she, boy, she is cute, little Marlena. Is it Marlena or Marlena? Marlena. Marlena. I can't roll my R's, That's but okay. okay. She's so beautiful. Okay, back. That was a commercial break for me, okay? Praise God. What's that? Yeah. We, we. 
after service, there we go. We might, we might lose the whole crowd. Actually, I might have already lost the crowd, right? Right, all the ladies are going, oh. So like Marlena, she's a new creature, right? You know, she's... A, no, so this word creature, it literally means a new creation, an original form, which means that there's never been another one of you, and there never will be another one of you. There's only one of you. You're unique. God had an original form, and that was then you were made, and then that form was gone. Isn't that amazing? That's how special you are. You're a new creation. This word also means you're a new species, one that has never existed before. So think about that. You're born again. Now, and if you understand spiritual things, I was born again in July of 1966. And I'm still being born again and i will always still be born again our western mind has a has a problem with this but it's a continual thing my spirit is being renewed day by day so i had to the lord had to walk me through a whole bunch of scriptures because i would hear people you know that that would come to christ and man their life would just be a disaster and then they had this awesome testimony and they've just hit the ground running and they've never, they've just served God. Well, then there was Tony Finley. I made every mistake as a Christian because I didn't understand how to develop myself spiritually. I didn't understand. I had to watch my thought life, watch what I speak and all these things. But know this, when you just simply confess your sin, you literally maintain fellowship but relationship is never broken, and all things are always new to us. So we're a new creation. It says old things are passed away. Well, what old things were passed away? Spiritual death. All of our sins were paid for on the cross. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's all paid for. It's almost like what happens when you receive Christ, then you confess Jesus as your Lord, and all of, all of your sins, past, present, and future, were paid for. But all of your sins not only are paid for, but up to that point that you got born again are completely forgiven. And then God gives you 1 John 1, 9, and he says this, if you'll just confess your sins, and actually 1 John 1, 9 is in the continual presence. If you just live your life continually confessing your sins, because you know, we tend to mess up once in a while, right? And, and nobody has to tell you that you've messed up. If you keep your spirit, if you're, if you're meditating on the word, you're walking with God, uh, or you haven't hardened your heart too much, You'll know when you miss it because your, your spirit will go, ah, don't do that. Well, then what you do, it's almost like you were given this debit card that has like a trillion dollars on it. But it's, you have it, and if you ever need something, you just pull it out and you use it, and then that money is, is given to you and it takes care of whatever you need. That's really the way you've kind of been given this debit card that has every sin 
that you've ever committed or will ever commit. It's all paid for. So then when you mess up, you pull that out and you go to God and say, hey, I confess my sin. I say to him what, I, what, I, what he says about my sin, that it's sin. Father, I lied. I, here, here's a big one. Father, I gossiped, right? Here's another big one. Now, this, this, this takes some spiritual maturity for this one, is, Father, you know, I, I've been selfish and self-centered, right? Because pride blinds some of the most selfish and self-centered people in the world have never seen it, right? Have you ever had God come to you and, it, and all of a sudden the light shows on that? I remember when that happened to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so selfish and so self-centered. Lord, help me. He's like, no problem, right? So what, what happens is you just go to him and confess that, and then what happens? The Bible says he's faithful and just. So he's justified to do this. It's legal. Jesus already paid for all those sins, right? To, he forgives you for the sins that you've confessed before him. But guess what? There's probably some things that you've done, some attitudes that maybe you have that you haven't seen yet, right? Maybe you've been acting ugly to some people or talking bad about the church in some way or just talking, judging others. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and just tried to listen to people around you? Everybody's talking about everybody, right? It's so easy to do. You could just kind of, you just step into your flesh and you're flowing that way and it's, oh, it's not good. So there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff, maybe, that you don't even know you've done that's affecting your fellowship, not your relationship. So isn't that good? He, he forgives you of the sin, but then this part is the good part. And then he cleanses you from all unrighteousness, which is all the stuff that you don't even know you're doing yet. So what happens when you come out of that? complete fellowship with the father you're you're complete see relationship was never broken you never stopped being the righteousness of god in christ it was just covered with unrighteous acts unrighteous behavior but as soon as you confess it all that's removed now when you get a revelation of that you'll just go wow this is so good. Because, see, sin always brings forth death. But when you realize that all the sin's been removed, guess what? Satan, you're done because you can't even touch me anymore. So look at this. Old things have passed away. The sin nature, the sin. Here's the big one. The self-centered life that you were stuck in is passed away. Behold, all things, I love this, are become new. This is talking about the God-centered life. Everything becomes new on the inside. Why? God imparted his very eternal life to us. See, when you know that Jesus is your Lord, and that you're in Christ, that's where courage comes from, knowing that. 
courageous. We need to be courageous. That means you're bold enough to seize hold of the blessing of God in your life. Now jump down to verse 21. You guys doing okay? That, that was worth you coming this morning. Amen? Because now you know how to keep, just never walk in guilt, shame, or condemnation again. Now you know, have you ever just gotten to a place where you're like, okay, man, you know, it's December, and man, January 1st, I'm going to do a New Year's resolution, and everything's going to be new. Do you know as a Christian you could have newness anytime? As a matter of fact, we are to be walking in newness of life, right? Never, never beating ourselves up. Do you know why people beat each other up? It's because of the inner turmoil in us. You get rid of the inner turmoil in you and you'll be able to handle anything anybody does to you. Because so many times when somebody is hurting you, it's connecting with something in you that's fueling that. But when you realize, wait a minute, I'm free. I'm a new creature. I am, I, it's, it's, I am united with God. I'm one with him now. And he's given me his life. You'll be courageous to walk into your future, but your courage will not be based on your ability. It'll be based on his, right? So now all things are possible. I love that. So now verse 21, it says, for he, talking about God the Father, hath made him, talking about Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. This word sin, he made Jesus to be sin. It's the Greek word hamartia. That Greek word means an innocent sin sacrifice. God the Father made Jesus an innocent sin sacrifice, right? Because he knew no sin. Why? Why did he do that? So that you and I might be. It's, notice it says might because it's our decision. It's every person's decision whether or not this is the most important decision in any man or any woman's life. It's what we do with this. It will determine where we spend eternity, right? It'll determine whether we live in death all of our life here and then live in death and eternity, or whether we live in life here and life throughout all eternity, that we might be made. But if we choose, if we choose Christ, this is what happens, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in Jesus. Now this word, who knew no sin, that we might be made, this word is the Greek word, Genomai or genome. This word means to come to be, to come into existence. It's not, there's, there's no process here. It's literally Jesus was made to be sin for us. He was made this innocent sin sacrifice. And the moment I choose to believe in my heart, that he was an innocent sin sacrifice for me, and then to bow to his lordship and invite him in instantly, not in a process. It doesn't have anything to do with me learning something. 
I am instantly made the very righteousness of God in Christ. And, and literally, your picture goes right up. In the, it, it, it goes right on. Satan gets a notification. Your face comes up on his iPhone, right? It comes right up because he, you are now righteous. You are now as righteous as Jesus. You are now righteous with the very righteousness of God. Now you are united with God. His ear is always upon you. His eye is always, or his ear is always open to you. His eye is always upon you. You have an inheritance. There is unlimited power, which he wanted, but now you have it. You might not know anything about it, and so he'll start working on you to mess up your identity, to make you think you're just human. Are we human? Yeah, but that is not all we are, right? I'm human, but I'm also a child of God. I am a spirit being. And I'm not just a positive thinker. I'm an unlimited thinker. All things are possible to me now because I'm a believer. So literally now, he hates me because his very name is, he's an adversary. Right? An adversary, an anti-deacus. It means one who is violently opposed to righteousness. Think about how it would just, it just is horrible to be Satan. Because he's got pictures coming up on his phone all day, every day of people getting saved all over the earth. And he's just violently opposed to them. And he just gets upset. He's always upset. I love that. That's cool. Right? Jesus took upon himself the whole burden of our sin, our shame, our guilt. He took upon himself the whole judgment of all the results of the curse of the law, all the results of sickness and disease. He bore it. All the result, all the poverty and all the lack. You know, we look at poverty in America as, well, we can't pay our bills. But, you know, in our city right now, there's, there's kids and there's families that don't have food. So poverty is a bigger level for them. Then you look around the world and you have, you, I mean, could you imagine having a little baby or a little child and there is no food? And their belly is all big and it's full of all kinds of junk and, and they're dying of malnutrition and there's nothing. See, poverty and lack is an evil spirit. And we have been redeemed from it. We have authority as the righteous. See, what, what we're, the reason why I'm talking about this, taking this time, is you have to know that you are not growing into the righteousness of God. You are made the very righteousness of God. You, God the Father, literally, the moment you were born again, you, your spirit man was made righteous with his righteousness, and then he declared you righteous, which means you have an inheritance, which means his power is always pointed towards you as you believe, it literally means that you've been given all authority in the name of Jesus in this earth. 
and nothing is to dominate you anymore. You are put on this planet for this short season of your life to make an eternal footprint in humanity. Every one of us. Jesus, who knew no sin, was made to be sin so that we might be made the very righteousness of God in him. That is the great exchange. God loved us so much while we were dead in our trespasses and sins that God had a plan. And the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, that's you and I being born again, made the righteousness of God in Christ, made a new creature. For that joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. Isn't that amazing? It costs God the spiritual death of his son for you and I to be made righteous. We, are to, we should keep this. Why am I saying this? This has to be ever before your eyes because today your, things are going to happen. Distractions are going to come to try to get your eyes off of the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Say this with me. I am, I am the, righteousness the righteousness of God, of God in, Christ. in Christ. Isn't that good news? We, that's a foundation. That's a foundation for your love walk, your faith walk. That's a foundation for everything in your life. This is why the Holy Spirit will bear witness with you that you're a child of God so that you rise up when a symptom's in your body and you're like, no, 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 I reject this system, symptom. I'm not denying it's there. Who cares? It's an illegal attack of the enemy. But I deny it's right. It's got to leave. I will not put up with it. Cartilage has to grow back. My back has to be healed. Amen. Diabetes has to go. Cancer must leave my body. Right? Does that make sense? Doesn't matter the level because the righteousness of God compared to anything, nothing else compares to it. This happens the moment that you're born again. So the Bible is all about, you and I, it's telling us, accept the exchange so that we can walk out of a sin consciousness into a righteousness consciousness. So you see yourself, you're conscious that you're righteous. Right? This is how we walk. Every time you walk in a sin consciousness, if, you, if, you're, if you're beating yourself up, if you'll notice, if, if, if Jeanette is, is God and I'm in a sin consciousness, I'm always drawing back. I'm always moving away, right? This is why a lot of people don't get planted in churches. They will tell you well, because, you know, no church is spiritual enough for me, which is something a spiritual believer would never say. Or they will tell you that, you know, well, you know, I'm just led to go from here to here to here and all this stuff. But really what it is, it's a sin consciousness. And they're drawing away. That's all it is. Because a righteousness consciousness will draw you to. Always. When you mess up, you're drawing to. 
This is what God loves. He's saying, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. It has to be that way because he will not violate your will. But he's like, just draw near to me with a heart of full assurance of faith because, man, I love you and I'm drawing near to you. I'm not moved by any stupid thing you've done, right? Man, I've known you were going to do that for 18 billion years and it doesn't move me. Don't, don't worry about that battle. I saw Satan come against you before I even created the earth, and I've already got a way out for you. Don't even worry about that. Isn't that awesome? This is good. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. We need to say that more. Say this with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the very righteousness of God in Christ. So Satan, you're done in my life. Amen. That's good news. So this is the way it works. Being word conscious, you've heard me say this before, causes me to be God conscious, which causes me to walk in a righteousness consciousness. Okay? So in other words, when I am conscious of the word because it's first place in my life and I'm meditating on it day and night, it's going to make me very conscious of God, which will make me very conscious that I am the very righteousness of God. Principle in the Bible, every time, every time that God would reveal something about himself to someone, they saw something about who they were, and their life was changed. So important. You must accept the fact that there were no works involved in you being made righteous. It's separate from works. So get off the works treadmill. We are only to work out what he's working in, but we never work for something. Big difference. I'm not, I, I'm not praying four hours a day because I really need God to move. I'm working for an answer. No, I'm working out. I'm praying because the Spirit of God is stirring me to pray. I'm working out what he's working in. If I'm, if I'm in, you know, this, this, the, the fight of faith, the fight of faith always starts for, right when you believe that you receive something that God says he's given you. Between that time and the time that you actually see it in your life, that's the period of time where the fight of faith is. And the fight of faith is always to just stay at rest. And Satan will try to get you working for your healing. But we don't work for it. We work out what he's working in. So as I'm believing God for my healing or believing God for finances, whatever it is, I literally am looking. I'm, I, my eyes are on Jesus. My whole focus is not to be healed. It's not to get my needs met. I've literally taken my eyes off of that because I've already believed I've received it. It's already done. I, it's mine. I have it right now. So now I'm just focused on knowing him. And now in this position, the spirit of God will tell me, 
what to confess, when to confess the word, when to do this, where to go, what to do, what to listen to, what not to listen to. I work out what he's working in. And if you'll notice, there's always a grace, there's always a flow to work out what he's working in. If something is not fresh, if something is hard, that's just not God. Now you have to be careful because where we are in the church today, there's a lot of carnality in the church. So listen, if you're, if you're flesh ruled or if you're governed by your flesh, everything's going to be hard. But I'm talking about when you make a decision to walk with the Lord, there will be a flow. And even if you're carnal, man, if you'll just jump over and get and start living out of your spirit and start speaking the word over yourself, you can go from carnal to spiritual like that. It's not a big process that takes months. Well, you know, I've been walking this way for 40 years. Okay, change. And you can walk one way, you can walk in the flesh for 40 years, and instantly when you change, you repent and go, okay, God, I don't even know how to walk in the Spirit. Can you teach me? The Holy Spirit's going, oh, yeah, I sure can. I know exactly what it looks like in your life. So just do this, say this. Don't spend a lot of time with this person. Spend more time with this person. Get in the Word. Do this, say this. He just orchestrates it. And our job is just to rest. That word rest means cease from our own works and simply work out what he's working in. We receive being made righteous. How did we receive it? We receive it by grace through faith. It's how we receive everything. You'll have to throw out the works mentality to walk free from being conscious of sin right? Or I should say this, being free from a sin consciousness. You know, I love that phrase, sin consciousness. E.W. Kenyon has just really had great revelation on that. But don't, don't confuse that with living your life conscious of sin. This is, now this is a road where there's ditches on both sides, so hear me. I don't have a sin consciousness. I have a righteousness consciousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And what that does is it makes me so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And my spirit man is growing. But if I ever say the wrong thing that's not in line with the word or with the wrong attitude or do something, it makes me conscious that I just sinned. So I'm conscious that, oh man, now, did my spirit sin? No. No, no. What happened was I allowed my flesh to operate and it sided with something that was unrenewed in my mind and it took me captive and I had a behavior that was not in line with this word. My spirit will instantly go, ew. And I want that. Because as soon as that happens, Father... I just spoke that nonsense over my life or over somebody else's life or whatever. I do not believe that. I confess that that was wrong for me to say that. Your word says this, and right now I just receive your forgiveness, I receive your cleansing, and then it ticks Satan off because then you forget about it and you just walk because it's gone because you, you have a righteousness consciousness. You're like, wait a minute, 
my righteousness was given to me by my Father. And it, and, and it was purchased by Jesus. So if you think about it, my sin was all paid for, so why should I give it any more thought? And you know, if, if you've done some things to hurt other people, God doesn't want you feeling guilty or shameful about that. You just, in a righteousness consciousness, let's say it's a monetary thing, let's say whatever, it's like, okay, Lord, I'm forgiven, I thank you. I thank you that not only did you die for the sin, but the shame and the guilt of it, so now is there something I need to do? To help, you know, do I need do this money? Do I need to pay that back? Doesn't matter how much it is. And if he if he starts prompting you, yeah, you, just a desire will be like, yeah, you know what? You need to make it right. You know, you owed them three hundred dollars, but I want you to give them a thousand dollars. And you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you've never had over fifty dollars in your checking account. But you're righteous. Oh, you want me to give him $1,000? That's really cool. Okay, so Father, I claim $1,000. Satan, I bind you. Take your hands off this $1,000. And now angels that are set to minister for me, you go into the earth system and you bring me that $1,000. And when that $1,000 comes in, oh man, the Holy Spirit will even tell you what to do to go make it right with that person. Whatever it is. It's amazing how he works, but we do it free. Do you see that? Righteous people, they love people so much, but they don't carry anything. I'm learning that as a pastor. I would say probably the first 10 years, eight, eight for sure. I got real good between eight and 10, or kind of good. I'm getting better. I'm about 80% right now. Because you care for people so much. And Jesus is always reminding me, you're not the head of the church. Right? You know, because people get offended or they get mad or, or they're just, you see them kind of going off a cliff and you can't really do anything. Or sometimes you'll say the wrong thing. Or, you know, you, you're, you're saying it to help them, but it, it, it was no open door and it didn't help them. It actually hurt them. You know, and, and you're just like, oh, but see, as a righteous person, we travel light. We cast the whole of our care on the Lord, and we stay fresh. Do you know right now, I, I think it's amazing. Do you know right now, here's God. Jesus is at his right hand, right? Do you know there's a lot of junk going on in the world? Think how God sees everything. But you know, in his presence is fullness of joy. He's at peace in the midst of all of it. Does he love that child that's being abused a million times more than we do? But he doesn't let that, because see, he's life. He doesn't let that affect. He just keeps working. If you start carrying things for your loved ones, for your children, for your situation in life, it will hinder your prayers. It won't help them. To be honest with you, when you get a heart for something, it'll energize you. If it's depressing you, that's your flesh. I know that 
that sounds really different, but that's the way it works. Anything with God will be light and fresh. Why? Because you're comparing maybe a horrible situation in, in, in someone's life that you know, or even in your life, you're comparing it to you. But if you start comparing it to what God has provided and who he is, it, you'll get very light because you'll get full of hope. God wants you full of hope. You go to the doctor and you get a terminal diagnosis. In the natural, that could be very scary. The enemy's like, why you? You know, why, why did this happen to you? And God's like, take your eyes off that, get your eyes on me because I'm your healer. And I've got a future for you, and it's to be sickness and disease free. And I don't want you, I don't want you burdened down by this. And see, that goes against the flow. Satan hates it. You know, uh, your unsaved friends won't understand it. A lot of your Christian friends and family won't understand it either. So you'll want to use wisdom and that Holy Spirit will help you what to share with people, what not, right? But oh, God will always, he'll always have a little circle of people in your life that you can share anything with that could help you. Do you are you hearing me this morning? Boy, I, I just... Uh, I'm not going as fast as I'd like, but I'm going just as fast as we're supposed to. So the Lord is helping me. Righteousness is not a covering. It's your nature. It's who you are. And it has created a position that you have with God that's one. It's, it's literally righteousness is you've just come like this with God. You can't, you can't see where you stop and he starts. That's why Paul said, you know, I have been and am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. But this life that I live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. Less, less of me, more of him. Right? To where now... Even though people will see you, all you're really seeing is him. That's, that's, that's life. That's where he wants you. So you need to put the phrase, I am the righteousness of God. You need to put this phrase, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That has to be in your heart and coming out of your mouth all the time. I would encourage you to write that down, put it in your phone or write it on a piece of paper, right? If you're, if you're techie, put it in your phone. If you're old school, just put it on a piece of paper. It works both ways, right? Or if you're like Torian, Pastor Torian, you would have it in your phone, backed up in a secure location that nobody can get to, <laughs> and on paper, right? Maybe, maybe paper or no more paper. Okay, forget paper, right? So, so literally you put this and you get it in your heart. I would encourage you. I don't really know what will happen to you, what the number is, but boy, I'll tell you, get alone someday. 
just, I don't, you know, sometimes it's hard to get alone, right? But, but I don't know what you have to do. Maybe get in your car, go sit by a lake, go do something and just start saying over and over and over, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You start to hit about 48, 49, 50 times. You'll probably start running around the lake about 100 times. You'll probably be freaking everybody out because you'll be running up to strangers going, did you know that I am the righteousness, right? You'll just, I mean, it'll, it'll change you. Or I should say this, it, it won't change you because it's who you are. It will transform you. So it will bring who you are out so everybody sees it. You'll think people will laugh at you. And they might. Man, who is that person? What are they talking about? And then as they start thinking about it, the Holy Spirit's just kind of ministering to them. And going, well, you know, I'd kind of like to be the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ, too. Hey, can you tell me about that? What does that mean, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 34, right at the beginning, there's three words in this verse that are amazing. It says that we're to awaken or awake to righteousness, awake to righteousness look at that and sin not for some have not the knowledge of god i speak this to your shame why did he say i speak this to your shame because you should have the knowledge of god so you should be awakened to righteousness so that you don't sin i am so glad that i was not the pastor of the church at corinth i've been to corinth what a interesting society but one thing that they had, they, they grew up in so much demonic stuff. There were so many temples there, all this stuff. But they were used to the supernatural, so they had no problem with the gifts of the Spirit. You know, I mean, you'd have people standing up. In, could you imagine I'm preaching, and somebody stands up and starts saying something in tongues, just, just cuts me off, and then somebody over here goes, oh yeah, well you think that's good, and then they, they blurt off in tongues, and, and then you got people, we're going to take communion, and they would use wine back then, and then you got this dude over here getting drunk in church on the wine. I mean, you had all kinds of, everyone in the whole church would have had a sexual addiction because of the way they grew up. And they said, oh, you know, and here's Paul. He's like, wow, you know, hey, I started this church four years ago, and now I'm having to write to you guys, you should be spiritual by now, but you're not. You're still self-centered. But awaken to righteousness, that's how you get sin out of your life. You don't get sin out to awaken to righteousness. It doesn't work like that. You awake, so the focus, if there's some things in your life that you don't like about your behavior, don't focus on them, focus on I am the righteous. I'm telling you, you start to say that over and over and over again, and all of a sudden, addictions will fall off of you. Why? Because you realize who you are. That's that's what happens. You awaken to who you are. So how will righteousness affect your life once you, number one, 
This is real simple. This is, this is deep, but simple. How is righteousness going to affect your life when you, number one, believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, and number two, you receive that into your life, the fact that I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. How is that going to affect your life? See, you're to do this when you're up, and you're to really do this when you're down. Why? Because it'll get you up. You do this when you're healthy, and you do this, like when I said that word, I heard in my spirit the thoughts of so many. I don't even remember the last time I was healthy. You really do this when you're not healthy because this will lead you into health. Because it's yours already. You do this when your lifestyle is holy. And you do this when your lifestyle is carnal. You really do it then. But you really do it all the time. Does that make sense? This is why, as Christians, can you imagine how foolish it is for us to ever judge anybody? I mean, I don't care who comes through the doors of our church or who I run into. The only difference, if I'm talking to a drug dealer or a mass murderer or whatever, I know more about, I could relate, this guy doesn't even know all that he's into, but I'm a Christian. I understand sin. I understand how it happened. I understand the background, and I understand how to get free from it. So the last thing I'm going to do is ever judge anybody. Man, everybody could feel comfortable coming in here. Right? I mean, a person whose whole life is a disaster, should walk through the doors of a church. See, right now, they won't because they think that they'll be judged, but they should be pulling into the parking lot going, wow, this parking lot feels different. This feels really good. And as they get closer to the door, before they even ever meet somebody who's full of the love of God, they should be like, wow, I just want to be here all the time. I, I feel good. I feel valued. I feel... I feel special. I've never felt that before. I've been used and abused my whole life. I believe that's going to happen. Amen? As we go out and our light, it's going to draw. See, what? Uh, put, put a light up in your backyard in the summer. Right? Have you ever seen that? I think it was the movie Ants, right? Don't go to the light. Right? <laughs> That's Satan. But, you know, that's every, like bugs, everything's attracted to light. People will be attracted to you. The favor of God is upon you. God is irresistible. Right? I mean, he's irresistible. He's life. He's love. This is what we're talking about. If Satan can defeat you in this area in the area of getting you to maybe not believe that you're the righteousness of God in Christ, maybe not receive that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. If he can defeat you in this area, he can defeat you in every area. 
And think about that. Defeat me. He has no power. But he can get me to lay everything down. Right? I must lay hold of the fact that I am the righteousness of Almighty God no matter what. That will change everything. Boy, you know what? I feel like we're getting somewhere today. Isn't this good? God is so good. Makes me weep. Everything makes me weep. <laughs> Your entire life, entire life, depends on whether or not you accept this fact that the blood of Christ has made you the very righteousness of God in him. Everything, your entire life, depends on that. I'm not made righteous because of anything that I've done. I have been made righteous by the obedience of Jesus. Not my obedience. No, no, I am made righteous because of his obedience. In other words, it's all about him. This is so important. You must understand that this is not about you. It is all about him. And if you'll make your life all about him and not about you, oh, you talk about life. You'll experience Zoe life. That's the doorway. It's awesome. You must get to a place that you have more faith in what Jesus has done than what I could ever do to earn his blessing. you got to get to that place. You must be a believer in Jesus making you righteous apart from works. Man, this is like a three-minute sermon that we're stretching out because we're going up this hill many different ways so that you get it in a big way so do you believe do you believe that you are the righteousness of god in christ yes i know you do what the blood of jesus do you believe what the blood of jesus has done for you man it paid it all hallelujah see a righteousness consciousness enables me to experience the manifested blessings of God in my life. I'm, I'm going to have a hard time walking in these blessings and having them manifest in my life if I don't believe this and receive this. See, what we're saying is a righteousness consciousness. It believes in the finished work of Jesus Christ. So God he imparts his grace into us. As the blessings of God, which have already been given to us by God, as they begin to manifest in our life, people will see the glory of God coming out of our life. That's how it works. God imparts his grace into our life. And then, then now all these blessings that God has already paid for, already given to us, they will start manifesting in our life. That means you'll start seeing them. And, and, and what comes out of all of them is the glory of God. Do you know how many people 
come to this church and they came because they've been driving by it and this church, it spoke to them. You should go there. You should come here. Why is that? Well, God gave this church of his, this local body, he gave us this building. He wants your car, your home, your clothes. He wants everything in your life that he gives you. He wants it to speak about who he is. I love that. The central theme of the whole New Testament, if you were to take an aerial view, the central theme of the whole New Testament is this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That is the central theme. This is why so many do not, they can't rightly divide the word because they're still trying to earn something. Right? The good news of the gospel, what is that? It's that the kingdom of heaven has now come to this earth and now God is making people righteous with his righteousness, not by their works, but simply through faith. That's the good news. In other words, positionally, everything has changed. Everything has changed. Righteousness it is actually used 83 times in the New Testament. Paul used the word righteousness 77 of those 88 times. It's the central theme. It's the foundation of the Pauline revelation, Paul's gospel that he received from Jesus himself. Righteousness actually is the key word to the revelation which the Apostle Paul received from Jesus. If you don't understand righteousness you won't ever be able to understand the whole Pauline revelation. This is huge. I must receive that I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. How many times am I going to say that? I'm never going to stop saying that. A million years from now, I'm going to be saying that. Through righteousness, you and I are to rule over lack, over sickness and disease. We're to rule over depression, anxiety, fear, bondage. We're to rule over everything in righteousness. Without righteousness, we cannot rule. But we're not without righteousness. Righteousness, what does it do? It gives you the ability, you and I the ability, to stand in the presence of Almighty God without any sense of guilt without any sense of inferiority, as if sin has never existed in my life. Because I've got to tell you, sin has never existed in my life. It's been paid for. It's been washed away. Righteousness, it literally means that I've been declared innocent. I've been declared right. I am the righteousness of Almighty God. So I'm going to close with this scripture Romans chapter 5, verse 19 through verse 21. It says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. It says in verse 21, we'll just skip down there for time's sake, that as sin has reigned or hath reigned unto death, 
Even so, now this is how it works. Even so, might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. In other words, what you and I have been favored with can only rule as long as you and I believe and speak, I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. What do I believe? What do I mean by that? Healing is already in you. But healing cannot and will not rule over sickness in your body unless you believe and speak, I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. So get this in your mouth. Get it in your heart and speak that. Father, I thank you that I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. So tumor, you have to leave my body. I know you could hear me. In Jesus' name, you leave my body now. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. Right? Poverty and lack cannot, they, it cannot rule if you're speaking this. You'll get it out of your life. Boy, we've learned just a little bit today of how to walk in victory, haven't we?